Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois, and this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow. Chip, it's been a little bit, man. How you been? Uh, doing well, Casey. Enjoying the sunshine here finally for two weeks. Uh, it's been gray and dreary and snowing and like sleeting and a little bit of everything, so we finally got the sunshine today. We're, uh, I think we're 61, 62 degrees, so it's... Uh, it's nice to see the sun. Yeah, so the, the groundhog definitely uh, saw a shadow today in central Illinois. Right on. And didn't see it out here. I think he's he uh, hasn't seen his shadow for uh, for a little while. So it's been it's been very uh, spring like here for the month of January. And I think today's high is like sixty three degrees or something like that. This morning when I went to church, it was fifty five degrees. So I, I'm, this is uh, abnormally warm. But you know, sooner or later we're going to get that uh, kick in the face like we always get late uh, late in February or early March. So Looking forward to that fun time. Yeah, they say that's coming uh, this coming week for us. We're going to get uh, one day here of uh, sunshine and really warm, and then uh, some wintry stuff coming in the middle of the week. So it's uh, we're not out of the woods yet. Yeah. Well, speaking out, not out of the woods yet, man. I tell you, these markets for all the trade deals that we've had been anticipating here. This China Phase One deal and. Uh, the uh, USMCA deal and the, the stuff that got done with uh, Japan and, and kind of heading towards a, a somewhat of a negotiation with uh, with Europe. Man, the markets are really getting kicked around by this coronavirus deal, and there's uh, the hogs especially have taken a beating on this. So talk about that a little bit, what you see happening there. Yeah, it's um, it definitely affecting uh, financial markets, all our commodity markets. Um, you know, a lot of people are a little bit, uh, frustrated and and confused by that um you know on the one hand uh, you know there's the argument well that you know the common flu kills more people uh, in a year uh in the united states and across the world than than this has but i think a couple things it it's uh, you know the i think the actions of the chinese government right now quarantining you know massive cities not, can't leave can't uh, get in or out um, and, and kind of the assumption that they're probably not telling the whole truth on this thing. Um, the information they do let out is, is bad enough as it is. And so as far as the grain and livestock markets go, there's that fear that, you know, is this going to be the excuse that they need um, to not follow through with the phase one trade deal? So uh, and then just the uncertainty of how, how long is it going to be before they get this thing under control? How much is it going to spread? Uh, is it going to affect growth? I mean, it's, um, you know, you keep uh, 50, 100 million people indoors and not going out to eat to stores, um, not consuming. You know, it's um, it's it's definitely uh, logical why the stock market um, fears, you know, the Chinese uh, financial slowdown that maybe could kind of spread across the world. So, you know, a lot of uncertainty and, and no market likes uncertainty. And we really have beaten these these markets up pretty badly. As you mentioned, uh, the hog market is just getting kicked in the teeth. And, um, you know, a couple things going there. Number one, fundamentally, we have a big supply of, 
pork. Uh, and, and we've increased the hog herd I mean, I, incessantly for several years, just, you know, an upward trajectory of growth in hogs. So we're putting out big supply. And um, it's, a, it's a little frustrating, too, because um, we do. I mean, we have seen some okay export sales on the pork side. And China has been there. It just hasn't been in that big, earth-shattering, um, big number that the market wants to see. And, um, you know, they bought a few beans. But, again, we just haven't seen that. Uh, the, 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 the key be turned, I guess, on that big uh, buying program, this phase one trade deal. Now, they are coming out of their New Year's holiday, their, their Lunar New Year. Um, and, and so, come Monday... They're, they're back in the office um, and, and, you know, so you know, some of it's maybe the market getting a little ahead of itself because this trade deal doesn't really take in a full effect until I believe the 14th of February. Right. And so the, the hope is here in these uh, two weeks uh, between now and, and that time, mid-February, that they're going to start uh, issuing some import licenses and, the, um, uh, you know, the reducing the duties, the tariff import duties. Uh, and, and once you see that, if you see that, I think that'll add some stability uh, to the markets. But, um, you know, the big fear here for uh, this uh, later this afternoon, I guess probably about two hours from about five central is when the financial markets uh, open and, and some of the Asian markets open. And there's a big fear now uh, because those financial markets in China have been closed for their their holiday. What that's going to mean when they come back is going to be a big uh, a big crash. Um, some of the headlines I saw, the Chinese government's kind of banning sales, um, you know, of, of stocks domestically. Uh, they're throwing a ton, like 20 some billion dollars of liquidity at their financial markets. So it, it's a real deal. It's a problem. It's not under control yet. And um, it's likely still going to affect things here. But, you know, uh, the take home to me is China said all along, even ahead of the phase one trade signing here a month ago, that we're going to buy it. We're going to buy what we need when we need it, according to what the market dictates. And, you know, if they're uh, if they're waiting to buy things cheaper, uh, they've had a, a, you know, blue light special sale on now. You've got taken 14 bucks out of the hog market in like seven days. You've taken... 60 cents uh, plus out of the bean market in two weeks. Uh, cattle are well off their highs. Uh, cotton is way off the highs. So, you know, will they see this as a buying opportunity? Um, if, if they are going to be following through on the phase one and buying, I would think that they're going to be doing it pretty quickly and use this break as an opportunity <laughs> to get some, some coverage made. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, just as the way the markets have been, we had that run up, and now everything's kind of, kind of chipped away a little bit. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about too is just the, the sheer interday volatility. I mean, some of these swings we're seeing just from inside the day is are 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 pretty uh, pretty wide. You'll start out one day where you're uh, you might be uh, even uh, in the morning, and, and then you might be down five and rally back up to being even again by uh, by the end of the day. So it's just a uh, there's some big, huge swings that we're seeing there, and again, like you said, uh, you know, if the Chinese are waiting for a, a good time to go by, or anybody for that matter, yeah, I got to believe that we've uh, we're setting some options there for guys to come up and, and buy some exports from us. 
Yeah, I would think so as well. And, um, you know, that, that volatility, I'd like to see it. I don't like it, it that it's in a down market here, but you kind of, um, you're, you're spot on. We've seen a big increase in intraday volatility. Um, and that, that's a good thing. It gives you opportunities. We're not going to stay down here, um, you know, forever. Uh, the, the fr- no matter what it is, I don't care if it's cotton, pork, beef, poultry, uh, corn beans. We, w- the day they buy something from the United States as part of this trade deal, um, I think it just goes a long way. It's stabilizing all our, uh, you know, commodity markets, all our ag markets, and probably putting a nice bounce in. But it's just when are we going to see that? I think we're getting closer and closer on that. And this volatility gives you, you know, it gives you opportunities. Um, you know, even in a down market, we push this thing much more. You're going to get be in a position where, you know, on some previous sales that you made, you can probably look at buying some call options for some sort of a snapback or, or, you know, kind of some, some courage calls seasonally. February usually is a pretty good time for corn and beans. Um, you know, last few years we put in, uh, we put nice rallies in, um, in February, the first two to three weeks of February. So I think there's still going to be opportunities in here, but uh, boy, it's just been pretty one-sided, huge fun selling in everything just because of the risk off mentality kind of tied to the financial markets and this coronavirus. Um, particularly the last two days, Thursday and Friday of last week, that also coincided with the last uh, two days of a, of a month. And a lot of times the funds kind of um, use those last two or three days or and or the first two or three days of a new month uh, to, to position on things. And, and they really were hitting the sell button hard on Thursday and Friday last week. They were definitely doing that. <clears throat> All right, so let's, let's jump over and take a look at what you see happening down in South America. So there, there's been a lot of news coming out of, of South America here of late. Um, they were having some issues with some dryness. Now they got some pretty beneficial rains there, and the minister of ag down there actually raised the overall um, uh Kind of, I guess the bushels on corn and then their uh, soybeans as well. So right now their their soybeans are getting close to being harvested. And they're just not planting uh, planting the second round of corn. So I guess talk about what you see in South America and what you see any kind of real swing in our markets because of that. Well, that's the other thing that's been hitting the bean market. If you look at everything, uh, beans of the grain side, uh, beans have been hit the hardest relative corn really. Yeah, they, they hit corn, but corn's only like 12, 13 cents um, off of the recent highs. Beans are going on 60 cents. And I think that's a big reason is South America. They do have a big crop coming in Brazil. How big, we're, we're not sure. It's probably a record. Some of that's starting to get factored into prices in here. Uh, as you mentioned, there's pockets that are a little bit too wet where harvest has been a little bit delayed, especially the northern part of Brazil. Um, something to watch is if that stays like that. Maybe they get uh, their second crop corn planting delayed a little bit. Uh, that could maybe start affecting corn. Uh, parts of Argentina have a little, been a little bit dry. They've, they've kind of fought that the whole season. Uh, not super hot. They've got a little bit of rain in some areas. So I, I'd say of anywhere, maybe Argentina is the most questionable as to um, their weather situation. But it does look like the reality is that uh, Brazil has... A record crop I and mean, maybe maybe by uh, you know a big amount and that's definitely hanging over the bean market but um, still i would think that uh, this thing's getting a little overextended to the downside in the case of beans and you know with february now at hand um i think especially if we could stabilize these financial markets and 
get some confidence that China is going to come back and start buying some U.S. products, I think that'll give us a nice a nice snapback. But with that being said, the window's closing here, and any rally you do see over the next six weeks, I think we uh, we really have to have our finger on the trigger and you know have a plan to uh, protect any scale out of protect any remaining. 2019 bushels and and really start uh, getting some stuff uh, protected, sold, hedged in some way, shape, or form on our 2020 corn and bean production, uh, and and you know kind of play defense this year. Just just shows you, man, we we can raise big crops even in adverse weather, and um, and then all the uh, financial uncertainty, political, uh, this coronavirus. Now they have uh, avian flu. They found that over the weekend. So they've called like 20-some thousand birds uh, in that area where they found that. They just can't win for losing in China with the, uh, the disease issues. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's just point being there is a lot of risk there. It's not just uh, relegated to the, the, you know, the markets, the grain markets or the livestock markets themselves. There's all these outside uh, factors that can really play havoc in our markets too. Yep. There's a... <clears throat> China's got all kinds of disease going on over there right now. It's it's a uh, it, that I mean, you just take a look and see what's happening. That that's got to it's driving the overall what they're gonna what they want to buy anyway. I guess let's put it that way. I mean, same thing with like the uh, African swine fever thing. I've kind of argued this before on here that irregardless of what would have happened with any kind of trade deal we had, more than likely just because of the the amount of pigs that they had to cull. They wouldn't have bought it nearly as much soybeans anyway, and so I mean, of course, China's planned it out that it's because of the trade deal. But and that has some. That, I'm not gonna get me wrong. That didn't have. It doesn't have. Uh, does have an effect on what they're buying from us. But still, the, the amount of soybeans they've they've bought this year compared to other years isn't nearly what it was just because of what they need. And that's what kind of the point they've made all along in their in their buying cycles. Yeah, yeah. And the good news is they've uh, relative to the last two years. Uh, they recently, in the last uh, you know ninety days, they have stepped up their U.S. bean purchases. So we're we're above the pace that they've been on for the previous two years because of this trade deal. Still way way behind normal. Um, but uh, like you said, it uh, the, the question is out there. You know how, how much are they going to buy? When are they going to buy? Is this thing going to slow their growth down? Uh, people have compared this back. I believe it was ninety three when the SARS mm-hmm. virus was there. Similar type thing. Uh, this has happened faster and affected more quicker. Uh, but in, in, if you compare that, they actually uh, increase their buying, um, right? So there's an argument that, well, what are you going to do? I mean, you, you know, you're out there in the heart of blizzard country. We're not immune to it here. You know, if you're stuck in your house for even a weekend, right, what do you do? Well, there's not much to do. You surf the internet a little bit and you eat, right? You know, right. I do. I eat more and... You're yeah. bored, and and so there is a an argument that their consumption could actually increase a little bit, um, and it's not like it's killing massive amounts of people um, yet. And so, you know, I think if you take a step back, take a breath, and say, okay, what's the reality of this thing? Uh, yeah, there's 1.3 billion people there. Uh, they're probably scared. They're probably staying home. It probably is affecting their economy somewhat and their growth, but that doesn't mean they're going to consume any less. Um, And so, you know, hopefully in sometime in February, we'll see them 
come to the table. And I think if they do, like I said, on, on anything, I don't care what the, the product is. If It doesn't even have to be Agri-Lay. If they, if they start purchasing stuff that was in this phase one trade deal, um, it, it's going to go a long way. It might not stop the stock market from sliding, but boy, it'll go a long way towards putting a bottom in our, our ag commodity markets and probably a nice bounce uh, on top of that. Yep. So the other thing that's, that's come out here in the last couple weeks, um, for all the news that was coming out of Russia and the whole Black Sea area, Ukraine, with all the, you know, our, our, we're way off or our, our supplies are down, we don't have the storage out there we thought we did and, and everything else. And lo and behold, they found a massive amount of stuff out there, whether wheat and, and corn both. They've had a record uh, corn crop here and that they're just oh, <clears throat> figuring out what they've gotten. Um, and that's kind of – that's actually had a kind of a splash on the market too for – I mean, as for what they're throwing out there in the marketplace. Yeah, and, and it's a little bit confusing. I, obviously, they're um, – <laughs> You know, communism, uh, the, the fall of uh, communism was a long time ago, but it doesn't sound, uh, doesn't seem like they're a lot uh, more efficient than they used to be. So it takes them a while. It's hard to get news out of there and accurate production figures. Now, the, the one thing that's a little weird on the wheat side is their cash wheat prices continue to stay pretty firm. So, and then there was some questions as to, well, yeah, we have these supplies of wheat especially, but we may not allow uh, them to be exported, right? Because they use uh, uh, a, a fair amount uh, internally. And so the, their cash wheat prices are, are pretty firm, and that's helped keep a little bit of a floor under the wheat market. Um, one of the things that has really hung over the corn market for a long time um, is the effect of the production that we're seeing in the Black Sea area, uh, Europe, Ukraine, Russia, uh, as well as South America, you know, Argentina, and, and then the second crop of the corn in Brazil, they've had big crops the last couple of years. And that's really added to the world uh, supply. Um, with all that being said, on the corn side, we're still, for the time being, uh, still the cheapest uh, by far source in the world. And our exports have quietly been uh, better than they have been in a long time, the last five or six weeks. It's just been overshadowed by this whole coronavirus thing and this washout in the financial markets and, and spilled over into our commodity markets. So kind of a mixed bag there. We're, we're definitely fighting a big supply in the world of corn and beans both. Uh, but, you know, I think on the corn side, at least for several more weeks here, we've, you know, maybe could pick up some business. And let's hope that, you know, some of that's, Chinese business. They need corn. Uh, we're the cheapest in the world. Why not uh, start picking away at some of it? So that would, uh, I think, give us give us a nice bounce. But that's the, uh, that's why I mentioned earlier the, on rallies. You got to be defensive, right? Because it's not just about us. And there's a big supply in the world of everything: beans um, and corn, especially. Wheat's been pretty bullish, but higher prices. You know, the wheat's the first to see the effect of higher prices because you grow wheat. You know what? Every three months, you're harvesting a crop on every continent in the world, right? And and high, a dollar plus rally is going to bring more acres into production. So it happens quick in wheat, and um, you know we we just have to, in my opinion, you have to play defense. And there's tools out there to let you kind of have it both ways: protect the bottom side and still be able to 
take advantage of a rally. And uh, I just think the next 12 months, you got to be really, really defensive minded. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on out there, Chip. And just all the stuff we laid out here with the way the markets are and the volatility that we're seeing there. Uh, like you said on here a million times, volatility is, is a good thing because it lets you make some money here and there or, you know, hedge some things back and forth. But a lot of stuff going on, a lot of, you know, a lot of planning is in effect right now for what the 2020 season is going to look like. So if folks want to reach out to you, ask you some questions about what you got going on or how you can help them, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, best way is just give us a call, 309-550-7213. Uh, perfect time uh, now when the snow's flying to be kind of getting a plan, and, and everyone's plan is, uh, is different. Uh, no two plans are the same, but it's important to have one and then execute it, and now's the time to be thinking about that uh, right now as uh, these markets are going to give us opportunities. We just got to have a plan to uh, react when they do. That's right. All right, Chip. Hey, it was good talking with you. I'm Casey Seymour with the Moving Iron Podcast. Be sure to check my podcast out on any platform you can find a find a podcast at. Also, check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Moving Iron LLC. And also, check out the Global Ag Network. And special thanks to Dawson, Tyron, and Will for uh, sponsoring this podcast. So, for Chip Nellinger, I'm Casey Seymour. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again Through the years you'll find us here